Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. This week on Rocky Talkie, we are thrilled to announce our next guest host. That's right. This week, we're going to be joined on air by Tori Sfiokla, the phenomenally talented leader of the Tesseract Players of Boston, and the Full Body Cast, and the RKO Army. Hey, Tori! Hi! Tori, before our full-length episode drops on Thursday, we'd like to give our listeners a chance to learn a bit more about you and all the cool shit that you've done during your time in the Rocky Horror Shadowcasting community. So, we've come up with a little Q&A sesh. You're ready to get grilled? Grill me, Daddy. Cool. I like the way you think. <laughs> so, <laughs> so first up, Tori, we'd love to hear your Rocky origin story. When did you first see this crazy movie? When did you first see the show? Tell us your story. All right. So we're going to go back to when I was just 15 years old. <laughs> and one of my best friends came up to me. And she went, hey, Rocky's playing at the movies. Do you want to go this weekend? And I did want to go, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. (laughs) So, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to go. But I didn't really want to tell my parents where I was going, you know. Mm -hmm. So I asked my parents if I could spend the night at Taylor's house, which I did. But we just happened to go to Rocky at our local theater. And our local theater was the East Bridgewater Cinema 6, where East Bridgewater Cinema 6 used to be a home theater to the RKO Army. So right from the beginning, I was introduced to RKO. And it was everything. So... A couple of us had a slumber party at Taylor's and then we went to the theater and then I realized I really had no idea what I was getting into. And, you know, we put the V's on our heads like you do. And then once we're inside and there are pre-shows going on, I just kind of like hid in the corner, (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) funny considering, you know, uh, me in 2022. But I absolutely, I went into hibernation mode and when it got to virgin call, I didn't even want to stand up. So my friends had to like drag me to stand up, but then I just like sat down immediately. And, you know, then the show happened. Uh, It it probably was like a fever dream. I don't really remember it, but then I just kept going back. It be like that. It do. Sometimes, most times it does. All right, so you've seen the movie. You saw a Shadowcast performance and thought to yourself, like, that's the weird shit for me. Can you tell us your experience about joining a cast for the first time? You know, I'm sure it was a while after (laughs) until I went to my next showing. But luckily, RKO performed at the East Bridgewater Theater pretty often. And... Luckily, I lived a short 10-minute walk down the street from the movie theater, so it was very easy for me to get to the show. I could walk there and back if I wanted to, which probably wasn't a good idea for, you know, a 17-year-old, but I did it anyways. (laughs) And then when I turned 18, I wasn't sure if he had to be 18, but I just assumed, you know, I have to wait until then. And then I 
reached out to, I think, Chris Lawrence. And I was like, because, you know, everybody at RKO was always so friendly. You know, I remember Lindsay used to sit on my lap all the time during I'm coming home for the end of the movie. And, you know, they were so great about interacting with the audience. That's what really made me want to, you know, be part of it because, you know, they made me feel very welcomed. And so I reached out to Chris about performing, helping out however I could. And I was very interested in photography because I had just graduated high school and I was about to attend the New England School of Photography. So I just started showing up to shows with my camera and then I started taking pictures. And then it wasn't too long after that, there was a crossover show with the Tesseract players. And that was the first time I met the Atlas Award winning Glenn McWilliams and Art Laurie. And, you know, there was one cast member there who had seen me at RKO shows and was like, hey, why don't you come to one of our meetings? And they were based more in Boston and RKO for anyone that doesn't know, is like more Rhode Island, Connecticut, like that area. And the Tesseract shows were a bit more accessible to me. So I started going to meetings there. And then I started performing. My first show was supposed to be Columbia. And then a couple days beforehand, I had to switch to Magenta because someone had to call out of the show. So that was, you know, very first show, just thrown for a loop a little bit. But uh, from there, I just kept going, and it was a balance of, you know, whatever shows I could go to, I became a show whore, and if I could be there, I would be. Amazing. That sounds, you know, exactly like what somebody's first, you know, kind of rocky foray should be. So, Tori, let's get into some fun stuff. We want to hear all about your all-time favorite performance. What happened? Why was it your favorite? Give us the deets. Okay, so for this, I have three little moments I actually want to uh, talk about that always kind of stick with me. So the first time was, I want to say it was probably 2014, 2015. And Tesseract was performing on Halloween at Mohegan Sun, which was Ooh. a really cool venue. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. It was like kind of dinner party-esque where there was a huge grand stage and like insane green rooms underneath but then there were tables with like people sitting there and we got to you know go through the tables and everything it was an absolutely insane venue but so at that show uh my friend and i were magenta and columbia and we spotted this person in the audience in an inflatable penis costume <laughs> An inflatable penis guy. Yeah, that, that tracks. I have tracks. picture proof of this. I will I will send you the picture. Oh my god, I love it. I don't think we've ever had anybody in an inflate we we get some weird costumes, but I don't think I've ever seen somebody show up in an inflatable penis. My friend and I were Magenta in Columbia and during the middle of the show we noticed there was a person out in the audience who was wearing an inflatable penis costume. You know, we didn't talk to our directors or anything, which, you know, we probably should have, but we snuck out into the audience and we asked this person, hey, like, do you want to come up on stage with us during Tatcha? 
<laughs> and <laughs> and they were 100% down. We snuck down right before Tatcha and we brought him up on stage and I have picture proof of this, but it is myself and Jenna and we are sitting on the edge of the stage and there is just this person in this inflatable penis costume right in between us. And let me tell you, they did not disappoint because they like got into it and everybody was loving it until later we got spoken to because we should have, you know, asked somebody. But we had an inflatable penis. (laughs) (laughs) That thing you did, it was super hilarious and definitely a good decision, but ask us first. (laughs) And, you know, like, that was like my early Rocky baby days, so I just kind of like did whatever I wanted. But so then my second favorite performance was actually... One year at Tesseract, we were doing a beach theme night, and it ended up being one of my absolute favorite theme shows. You know, it wasn't just people wearing bikinis the whole time. Like, we had tourists, mom and dad is Brad and Janet, and uh, one show, actually, Harley and I were Mermaid, Frank, and Rocky, but for this particular show, I got to be Eddie. And Eddie is one of my favorite characters to perform. So I decided to do a lifeguard Eddie. So I had like red pants on. I made a lifeguard shirt written in cursive on a white tank in red glitter. And I had like the white nose and I kept the sunglasses on the whole time. And the best decision I ever could have made was buying a sports whistle. So right as the saxophone solo is about to happen in Hot Patootie, it just clicks in my head and I just do the entire solo on the whistle. Like I I play clarinet and saxophone. So like I just tongued it how I would like the instrument. And I'm so sorry I didn't have anybody record it, but it was a split last minute decision. So it I couldn't have been prepared for it, but it ended up being a hit. And then the rest of the night, I just kind of interrupted everybody with the whistle. And our Dr. Scott was a shark. And at the end, I was just like, shark in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. That's how you do a theme night, right? Yeah. Thank you. Like, I was so proud of that moment. I'm so sad I don't have a recording of it, but... If there's ever another opportunity for us to have a beach theme night, trust me, it will come back. Nice. And I do have one last one, which was, I think it might have been the last Halloween before the Panini, but I was Frankenfurter on Halloween night at our Tesseract show at the Somerville Theater in Boston, which is this gorgeous theater. If you've never been, anybody who's local to Boston, please check it out. It's gorgeous. But it seats about 800 people. And we sold out this show. Holy crap. And let me tell you, when I was in our elevator waiting to turn around, I, the audience was clapping so loud and singing along. I could not even hear the movie. So I just had to, you know, go with my muscle memory and 
and hopes that I was <laughs> going along with the movie, but it was an insane feeling. Oh man, that's got to be like like con level of just loud in your face when you've got a theater packed that full. That's awesome. Absolutely. I love the Somerville Theater. Um, we're usually there every Halloween, and it's uh, it's incredible every time. Okay, Tori. Last but certainly not least, we would love to hear about the best way that being a part of Rocky and the shadow casting community has affected your real life. All right. So, for one thing, the other day, I have a new like work wife at work who just started in our office, and we clicked right from the start, and she asked me, what percentage of your friend group would you say are Rocky people? <laughs> it's a trap! Um, you know, because she loves, she loves hearing about, like, all my drama, even though she's not, like, involved in it. She's like, what's going on in Rocky today? But so that question came up, and, you know, I sat there, and I, I looked at her, and I went, you know, I want to say... 75 to 90 percent of the people that I interact with the most are people I've met from the Rocky Horror community. Mm -hmm. The rest of them, I would say, because, I mean, I don't really talk to too many people from, like, high school or anything. So I have my smaller group of photography friends from my NESOP days, but... I was going to Rocky before I was out of high school and then I was like fully in it afterwards. So everybody I've met is thanks to Rocky and, you know, just like everybody like comes and goes out of Rocky as they please. You know, I still have friends that I met 10 years ago that maybe they don't do it now, but you know, I wouldn't be friends with them if I didn't meet them at the show. Absolutely. That's a, that's a big mood for sure. And another great way that's like, a bit more sappy or whatever but I've been a photographer since well I mean I always kind of dabbled it in it when I was a kid but I've been taking photos since about 2010 so for a bit over a decade and with any artistic thing that you do you know you come into artist block there were periods of time where I wasn't creative and I wouldn't want to you know, really take pictures of anything, especially once I got out of school because school was very strict and like I had assignments I had to do weekly. So I was always shooting, you know, because I had to. But then after that, you know, that sense of urgency to create art wasn't there. But going to Rocky and taking pictures at the shows always kind of kept photography going for me because then you know, I'd take pictures at the show. And then back when I was younger, I would get home at like two in the morning and edit them right away. So everybody could have photos the next day. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it just kind of became the way I communicate the best with people. And then, well, or if people don't know, you know, I take a lot of Polaroids. That's kind of become my branding. And I'm going to slap my dick down on the table. But hot. (laughs) Polaroid hired me back in 2018 to shoot part of their Halloween campaign and highlight one of their new cameras at the time. And when they had approached me, they sent me a mood board, which was wild because it was full of Polaroid pictures I had taken. And a fair amount of them were Rocky pictures. Um, And it was just wild because, you know, I'm so immersed 
in my Polaroid life now because I had these cameras and I had some old expired film before like Polaroid had its resurgence a couple years ago. And I was just taking pictures of my friends for fun. You know, I thought it'd be cool to like take pictures and take Polaroids because it was vintage. And then, you know, I wanted to put them on cool backgrounds so they'd be cool for Instagram and stuff. And then it kind of evolved into everything I do now. And it's just wild. So thanks to Rocky, that definitely gave me opportunities to work with an incredible company like Polaroid. And one of my pictures was even published in a Polaroid book last year. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so great, though. Like, man, what a, what a good story. Rocky just bleeding over into, oops, I've got a whole extra career going on here. <laughs> and now she's published. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Imagine being famous. <sighs> Can't even. Yeah, it couldn't be me. I'm on no, page. No, certainly not you. <laughs> I'm on page 232 of Polaroid now. If anybody wants to buy it, I'll sign it. <laughs> I'm really not that full of myself. I'm sorry. Buy another book. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Love it. Tori, thanks so much for chatting with us today. We've really loved getting to know you, and we just cannot wait to have you on this Thursday's episode. And before we go, are you or your cast doing anything really cool that you would like to tell our listeners about? Yeah, for sure. So uh, as we stated earlier, you know, I'm part of all the New England cast. So full body cast, we're performing almost every Saturday at the AMC Boston Commons 19. So if you need your weekly fix of Rocky, you can find us there. Uh, RKO is has so many amazing shows lined up at different venues. So I urge you guys to go check out the RKO Army's website to find all of their great shows there. And then at Tesseract, we actually have a show coming up in April in Malden that is a fundraiser for a local cable show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm most excited for the return of Cinema Salem. And starting in June, we should be having monthly shows at that venue. And for anyone who doesn't know, Cinema Salem is right in the heart of Spooky Salem, Massachusetts, you know, the Halloween headquarters of New England, and we're always there for Pride and Halloween, and we can't wait for it to become somewhat of a home theater. Oh, that's amazing. So much Rocky stuff. That's so great. And of course, if any of our listeners are interested in checking out any of RKO, Full Body Cast, or Tesseract's upcoming performances, we'll have them all linked for you in our show notes. Tori, thank you so much for blessing us with your immaculate presence. If you want to hear more from Tori, and us, of course, be sure to tune into this week's episode of Rocky Talkie Podcast, where you will hear all the latest news and updates from the Rocky Horror community. We'll talk to you all on Thursday. Bye. Bye. See ya. Awesome.